Welcome to Giant Cocktails Happy Hour, a podcast where two amateur mixologists introduce homemade cocktails and discuss what makes each one a giant hit. Now, here are your hosts, Finn and Matthew Henry. cocktail comrades and libation lovers. I'm Matthew Henry, your sage of spirits, guiding you through the enchanting forest of flavors. Twirling the tins and charming the cherries, alongside me is Ben Henry, the jester of juniper and juleps. Join us as we jaunt through a jungle of juniper, skip over streams of scotch, and meander through meadows of muddled mint. Whether you're a daring drinker or a casual cocktailer, we've got a glass with your name on it. So grab your garnishes. It's time for another fantastical episode of Giant Cocktails Happy Hour. How you doing, Jester? Jester. This might be the actual most accurate description of me. I agreed. When when I saw this one, I was like, well, I'm not asking you to change a darn thing. <laughs> I mean, let's face it. I I don't deserve to be in charge of anything, really. <laughs> but telling jokes next to a leader is is the way to go. Yeah. That's right. And jesters are sometimes they say offensive jokes, right? Because that's kind of their role, like they're the one person in the land who can insult the, the leader. And then they do that by saying offensive things. And so that just sounds right up my alley. Yes. I do want to say, though, that the idea of skipping through a meadow of muddled mint, when I envision that, that doesn't that doesn't look good. No, I guess you're muddling the mint as you run through it, really. right? Yeah, I guess. And otherwise, it's just this field of like squished vegetation. Mushy. <laughs> Mushy mint. Yeah, it's, it's not it's not a great look. It's not a great look. I, I do like the idea of garnishes. Today I'm garnishing something. I'm hanging out with my friend Rosemary. Oh, all right. Yeah, yeah. And then you said something about cherries early on that made me blush a little bit. What, what was it you said? Charming the cherries. Charming the cherries. You're, you're, twir- you're twirling the tins and charming the cherries. <laughs> Whatever that means. <laughs> That's never going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> That's <gone>. anyway. <laughs> Any, anyway, whoa! Look over there. Okay, I, I, I'm going to ask you the question now, just so we get off this topic, because I'm starting to get a little flustered here. <laughs> what? What? I don't get to talk about how I'm doing. <laughs> oh, all right. Yes. How are you doing? <laughs> all right. Fine. Well, Matthew, I've said some lewd things, and I've made some strange allusions. I'm fulfilling my role as jester. I'm feeling pretty good. I had a long and relaxing week where nothing big happened. How are you doing? I wish I could say the same, but it's been a pretty interesting week. What I have learned is that I like to clean things when I'm stressed. And so... Oh, yeah, stress cleaning. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, basically I'm a Mexican mother, I think, is at heart. You know, just. Um, so the, the good news is that my house is spotless. That's great. So it, it could be worse. Things could be worse. Right. Right. Because you have a clean house. You have a clean house. And there's something about coming into a like a clean house, right? I walk in and it's just it's it's so nice. It's like walking through a muddled mint of <laughs> a, a field of muddled mint. <laughs> a meadow of muddled mint. Yes. Wow, well, that's gross, but okay. 
<laughs> I'm happy for you in your field of muddled mint. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, I do have a question for you, though. All right. Now the question. Yes. Yes. So so we're, we're it's now December. We're full on. We As we speak, it's now December. We're getting Christmas music anytime you turn on the, the radio. The station that I'm listening to is telling me that I told it that I didn't want Christmas music all the time. So it's interspersing like 80s in between. So I get Jingle Bells and then Billie Jean, like back to back. And it's kind of an interesting mix. But I digress. The question is, what's your favorite Christmas song? Little Drummer Boy. Pa-rum-pa-pum-pum, me and my drum. Well, that's, that's a good one. I didn't know that about you. And why is it that, that your favorite one? Honestly, I just like to sing along with it. You know, when I'm in my car all by myself, just tipping my head back and just, you know, just at the top of my lungs, I'm all like, pa-rum-pa-pum-pum! And, uh, you know, I don't know. I just have this, I like this idea of this little kid just just showing up, you know, like, what oh, what are all those people doing? Oh, they're giving gifts to the little baby. I'm going to go give a gift to the little baby and I'm going to... Yeah, you know what she needs is a good drum solo. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's what she needs. Matthew, do you know? Mary has just given birth. Oh, Mary. Okay. Uh, okay. I was like, I was like, do, do you know what that story's about? Yeah, I'm sorry. Yes. I'm just thinking about the mom. Like she's just given birth. She's and she's lying in hay. And <laughs> and she's probably not feeling all that great. And then this little boy comes in and is like, hey, you know what you need, lady, is a drum solo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's kind of why I like it, really, honestly. That's what I figured. It's just, it's so obnoxious. <laughs> it's so stupid. And everybody has it just sort of grin and bear it. Yeah. Well, you know, you got the guy with frankincense, you got the guy with myrrh, and then you got the little kid with his drum. <laughs> but also recently, I think people have learned, they've listened to the, the cocktail episodes. They know that I like to do a little bit of drumming. So, you know. <laughs> So, so in my heart, I am I am my own little drummer boy. Okay. All right. Well, mine is a song you've never heard of. It's called The Gift. Oh, I've heard of it. By a a child singer named Azalyn Debison. And and it's like her, and she's just got this wonderful voice. And so look it up called The Gift by Azalyn Debison. And it's the story about this girl going to market and finding a bird, a nightingale with a broken wing, and then she nurses it back to health and yeah, and she brings it to baby Jesus. But one of the donkeys eats it. <laughs> I missed that part of the song, really. <laughs> it's got a messed up ending. Yeah, yeah. You know what I did? I learned something interesting about the 12 days of Christmas recently. Which is? I saw some guy, I don't know, on the on the TikTok or the gram or whatever. And, and he was remarking how these people were talking about how, man, this person gets a lot of birds in these 12 days of Christmas. That's true, huh? Well, and the guy leans in and he's he's like, yo, they're all birds. Really? The Lord's a-leaping and the maids a-milking. Those are all just references to different kinds of birds. This bro, this dude is just giving this lady nothing but birds for 12 days. The 12 days of Christmas, they're all birds. Because that's the way to a woman's heart, right? Is just just give her the birds. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if she likes birds, sure. <laughs> let's hope. Let's hope that person likes birds. <laughs> yeah, birds are terrifying. Those are just dinosaurs after millions of years of evolution. 
And have you ever seen those birds also on the TikTok and the gram that they talk and they like make all these weird sounds and they just, and they just, yeah, yeah, no, they got the scary, weird, different kind of intelligence and birds are freaky, man, except they're also not real. Birds aren't real, Matthew. Did you know that? How how much of your drink have you had already? (laughs) I've actually consumed almost half of it. In fact, we need to start talking about it soon. But first. Okay. Oh, let's do. So, okay. Oh, tell me. Tell me first. Yes. Well, no. First, we need to do. Oh, we need to do tip of the day. Okay. All right. Uh, You know what time it is. Is it that time? It's that time for tip tip of of the day. Tip of the day, Ben. Tip of the day. And since you are doing the month of bubbles. Yes. M- Wait, what? Month? Aren't you? Didn't we say that? Oh, I'm doing bubbles, but I didn't I didn't say I was going to stop after a month. Oh, okay. My my mistake. At least a month of bubbles. The 6 months of bubbles. I figured I would let you talk a little bit about bubble care. Yes. Thank you, Matthew. This is a really important subject that we need to talk about, folks. And for some of you, this may be a bit uncomfortable. But you know what? Sometimes we need to talk about uncomfortable things. Because otherwise, we are ignorant and we make mistakes when we don't want to make mistakes. And that can be a bad thing. This is why we need to know where certain things are. And we need to know how to treat certain things. And today, we're going to talk about how to treat your bubbles. And by bubbles, I mean bubbles in your cocktails. So whenever you're making a highball or you're 75-ing some sort of cocktail out there by adding uh, champagne, and by the way, every cocktail is better with champagne on it, even a Negroni, (laughs) especially a Negroni. Especially, yes. (laughs) Actually, with the Negroni, what I would suggest you do is that you pour the champagne into a vessel next to the Negroni, and then you just drink that, and you just just skip the Negroni. But, But this isn't about bashing the Negroni. This is about taking care of your bubbles. So a lot of times when we have a cocktail, especially if it's a cocktail with ice, and we pour bubbles on top of it, we have a situation where... The, the primary elements of the cocktail are sitting at the bottom of the cocktail and, and the bubbles have just been poured on top, either our sparkling wine or our club soda. And so we need to, we need to mix those up. So there's actually a couple different ways that you can handle this problem. The first way to do it is actually to invert the way that you're doing things. So first put the bubbles on the bottom and then carefully add your ice and then carefully pour your ingredients onto the ice so that they then trickle down into the bubbles and the the bubbles themselves will help mix the cocktail, right? The second thing that you can do is if you build in your glass and you're putting all of your non-bubble ingredients at the bottom and then you pour your bubbles on top, what you want to do is you want to take your bar spoon, carefully slide it down the side of the glass and very gently pull up, not stirring, not moving their spoon violently around. You want to just gently bring and lift the bottom portions of the glass up into the top portions. And maybe you do that two or three times. And why are we doing all of this? Well, folks, the more that you agitate this poor cocktail, 
the faster you're going to destroy all of the bubbles. And if you stir too vigorously or jostle too vigorously, you're going to prematurely expend all of your bubbles. And folks, we know we don't want to do that. Nobody likes a premature expender. Expend. That's right. That's right. So you have to be gentle and take care of your bubbles so that you can enjoy them in your mouth. And that's the tip of the day, Matthew. Oh, man. I didn't see that one coming. <laughs> be, be, be careful with your bubbles. Yes. <laughs> Preserve the effervescence in your mouth. Per- that's right. Preserve the effervescence. And that is literally true. All right. Well, thank you for that tip. Hopefully, hopefully our, our, our listeners are still listening. Because right now I think you've got a, a cocktail that includes some bubbles. Oh, it's my turn. That's right. That's right. Because I have started the seven months of bubbles. That's right. And this week, I am starting off with a cocktail that I have named Gin Botanica. What is in a Gin Botanica? Well, a Gin Botanica is sort of just a modified Gin Highball, or Gin Buck, as you might call it. It is one and a half ounces of gin. Now, you can use any gin you want in this cocktail, so I would just use your favorite one that you're comfortable with. I really feel like in this particular cocktail, a more botanical, sorry, a, a more floral gin would be better. So something maybe like an American gin, something that is not like super junipery. So I would stray away from the, the, the London dry gins. But if you like those, they'll be just fine in this particular cocktail. So you're going to have an ounce and a half of that gin, and then you're going to add one ounce of Dom Benedictine. This, Matthew, is a combination that I have absolutely fallen in love with. I I, I think I probably mentioned it on previous shows, but ever since I got my first bottle of Benedictine, I've been mixing it with gin, and, and I'm nearly out of my bottle because I've just been spending all this time just coming up with all of these different gin and Benedictine concoctions. But uh, this is a pairing that I think goes together very, very well. Oh, and we're also going to have something called a rosemary tincture. Now, I'll talk about what a rosemary tincture is in a little bit. But what we're going to do is we're going to take our rosemary tincture and we're going to spray that into an empty highball glass. We're going to do two or three spritzes. The more spritzes you do, the stronger the rosemary flavor is going to be. So adjust accordingly. You're going to then fill that glass to the top with ice. You're going to add your gin. You're going to add your Benedictine. And then you're going to top it off with club soda. Then you're going to take your bar spoon. As I said earlier, you're going to carefully put that down to the bottom of your glass. And you're going to pull up. And you're going to repeat that process two to three times until you have sort of gotten the bubbles from the club soda and the gin and Benedictine mixed together. From there, you're just gonna let the bubbles do their thing. You're gonna let them mix the cocktail for you. To that, you add a rosemary sprig for garnish, and then you drink 
to enjoy the Gin Botanica. And that's what I'm drinking today, Matthew. Yeah, the, the Benedictine. I'm glad that you finally you've got yourself a bottle and can see how useful this one liqueur is because it's very versatile. You know, you could put it in a lot of different things and it adds sweetness and herbaceousness and just a lot of flavor that comes from that one liqueur. So I really like it. And you're right, going with gin and it combining it with gin is definitely a, a winning combination. The rosemary tincture is nice. I, I like that because it's it kind of evokes the holidays, right? And and also has this kind of earthiness that I think goes really well with it too. And so I'm I actually again have all these ingredients. I like it when you present cocktails that I have the ingredients too, because then I can just go try them myself. So I am looking forward to doing a gin botanica right after we're done recording. Yeah, well, you're welcome, Matthew. Yes, this is a very crisp, clean cocktail, but with the gin, rosemary, and Benedictine profiles, it does come off as being very winter-appropriate. So it's a very winter-appropriate, but yet at the same time, crisp and refreshing cocktail. I I do want to talk a little bit about the rosemary tincture because my rosemary tincture was homemade. It takes a little while to make a tincture. Uh, So what you do is you take... You take the highest proof vodka that you can find. Uh, I have been lucky enough to sometimes find 100 proof vodka or 50% uh, alcohol vodka. It's fine if you can only find 80 80 proof or 40% vodka. But what you're going to do is you're going to take that and you're going to take a bunch of rosemary sprigs and you're going to shove them into a little bottle and then you're going to fill that bottle to the top as much as you can with the with the vodka and then you're going to seal that and you're going to let that sit for weeks folks it's got to sit for weeks and eventually what's going to happen is all of the rosemary flavor is going to steep into your tincture into the vodka to create a rosemary flavored um basically vodka and this once you have made it will last literally forever it will last a long, long time. And and then you can just always have this in your bar. And so what I do is after I make that, I added it to a little spritzer bottle that you can find at like a drugstore or something. And whenever I just want to add a little bit of rosemary to something, I just spritz that into either into my mixing glass or straight into the bottom of my cocktail glass, depending on, on what I'm doing or, or why I want to be doing it. So that's how you make a tincture. And that's what I use today, my very own homemade tincture, which I have had for a very long time. And it's still perfectly good as the day that I first used it. Yeah, well, the rosemary tincture was one of the things, first things that I made as we were delving into this cocktail journey. And I, I still, I, I made it in a small mason jar. I didn't have the high proof vodka or even maybe even thought about that. I just used regular vodka and I have a rosemary bush that I chopped off a few sprigs and stuffed it in there. And yeah, I've had it now for... You know, going on three years and it is just as good as it was before. And I, I still have a lot of it. I have it in a atomizer spray bottle as well. And uh, yeah, you don't need a whole lot. So it, it, you know, a little bit goes a long way. All right. Well, I, I think it's my turn. It is. It is your turn. Might as well jump into it. So I am bringing today a gingerbread old fashioned. And surprised that I'm going with an old fashioned. No, no, you're not. <laughs> no, I was gonna say. I was gonna say. Hey, Matthew, what what old fashioned are you presenting today? <laughs> 
And I was I was determined to do something different, but then but then I I, I saw gingerbread syrup, and and I was like, you could totally make an old fashioned with that. <laughs> And so I, I had to do it. And, and so this recipe has two ounces of bourbon, a half ounce of gingerbread syrup, one dash of orange bitters, one dash of Aztec chocolate bitters. You could probably just do regular chocolate bitters. That would be fine. And then an orange peel for garnish. And the first thing you gotta do is make the syrup because I guess you could buy uh, gingerbread syrup, but making it is so easy. So mine has equal parts sugar and water. So one cup sugar, one cup water, two tablespoons of molasses, about an inch, like a thumb size of fresh ginger sliced thinly, and then two cinnamon sticks, about a teaspoon of whole cloves, a half a teaspoon of freshly ground nutmeg, and a half teaspoon of ground allspice. And you put those all in a little saucepan, Bring it to a boil while you're stirring so that everything incorporates the molasses and the sugar and the water. And you bring it to a boil and then cut it from the heat and just let it steep for about an hour while it cools. And you're left with this amazing like gingerbread flavored syrup. And so and that it makes a lot. So you can probably do this for a lot of different types of cocktails, but Definitely the old fashioned is where it's at. So you're going to combine all your ingredients in a mixing glass with ice and stir vigorously for 30 seconds. Uh, and then you're going to strain that into a rocks glass with fresh ice, um, preferably a large chunk. And then you're going to express the orange peel oils over the cocktail and place the peel in the glass. And so that first sip that you get has the, the slight burn from the bourbon, the sweetness and the ginger coming through. And then in your nose, you've got the orange kind of aroma from the peel. Just a lovely first sip. As far as like first sips, this one has it. And just a great, great cocktail. So that's what I'm drinking today, Ben. A gingerbread old-fashioned. Matthew, true or false? Are you making 24 different old fashions this month? Ooh. Before <laughs> Before you get to <laughs> Christmas Eve. No, false. But it just seems like it. Okay. All right. All right. I mean, that's a good idea, actually. It is, actually. You got me thinking now. And, and you could do it. I could. I could. Because I actually have a recipe list on my on an app. And if I search for Old Fashioned, I'm sure there's at least 24 different types in there. You're all about making your different syrups. Right. And ultimately, that is where the variation comes from in in your old fashions. Now, one could, if they wanted, vary the base spirit. We on the show, we really refer to the old fashioned as a very broad and general template. It's really kind of like any of your standard base spirits combined with some sort of sweet syrup. And, and we and bitters. Yeah. Yeah, and bitters, and we throw that into a rocks glass, and we call it an old-fashioned. But but if, you know, a lot of people might be a little bit more purists in those cases, it would be just generally anything with a whiskey, right? And so you could vary this with, say, a bourbon or a rye. Sorry, you have a bourbon, but you could vary this with a rye, or you could make it a scotch, or even a Japanese whiskey, and those are different ways that you could vary your your old fashions. But not you, Matthew. You're a bourbon purist, and there's nothing wrong with that. So the way that you like to mix it up is with your syrups. Yeah, yeah. And I, I but the rye would go great with it. And 
and actually I tried it with a, a barrel strength bourbon that offered a little bit more punch to it. And if you like that, it, it's lovely as well. Oh, who doesn't like that? Everything goes well with barrel strength. <laughs> okay. Let's just be perfectly honest. Everything goes well with barrel strength. What I like about this, I mean, this syrup is, this syrup's elaborate. This syrup takes some effort. You know, you, this is like, this is, we, we are, we are veering off from cocktail making into cooking. But you know what? That actually is kind of the next level in cocktail making. Like, like once you master sort of the, the lower level of, of craft cocktails, which is just the sours and the old fashions and the, you know, all of your, your bitter bombs, you know, the Amaros and the, and the Campari cocktails, which are all really just simple variations on simple themes. The next step up is like, you got to get more exploratory with a lot of these other ingredients. And, and a lot of that is, is brought into the cocktail via syrups. And you have syrups like this, two tablespoons of molasses, one inch or a thumb size of ginger. Cinnamon sticks, cloves, nutmeg, allspice. Okay, Matthew, when you did the nutmeg, did you actually like grind your own on the little microplaner? I did. You have like a little microplaner like grater? I did, yeah. That's exactly what I use, a microplaner. Yeah. That's a beautiful tool. You got those little nutmeg nuts that you just kind of grind over it. And I, I actually had already ground ones, but I was like, I bet you the fresh one would be better. When it, when you have when you have either, choose the fresh one, right? And Yes. And it did, it made a big difference. It was great. Always use fresh ingredients. Well, you know what I do like about your syrups, Matthew, though, is is that they, they can live in other cocktails beyond your old fashions, right? Like that's an obvious application, but all of these could be used in, in, in whiskey sours. I, I think, I think a lot of them would be really interesting in that application and of course could be used uh, to offset you could you could do a gingerbread seventy five. That's right. Bubbles go with everything, man. Yeah, yeah. So there's no reason why you can't have like you know some you know gin and gingerbread syrup and champagne or even or cognac and gingerbread syrup and champagne. You know, you could you could have some you could do some fun stuff with that. It would get that that would be a really nice kind of Christmassy kind of. Oh yeah. I'm wondering if you would need to put any sour into that. So cognac, let's go with let's go with two ounces of cognac and your syrup. That's gonna be very, very sweet. Maybe if you go with a really dry sparkling white wine, would that be enough? Maybe you could cut it with a little lemon juice. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Hey, listeners at home, give that a try. Let us know what happens. Try that out. Let's go Go make this really complicated syrup that Matthew has presented to you. Add it to some cognac and tell us what else that needs besides the very dry bubbles. Because that's, that's a must. And remember, folks, be gentle with your bubbles. Okay. And, and as far as this like really complicated syrup stuff, I mean, it's not complicated. There's just like five ingredients. I mean. One, two, three, four. Seven, five, eight, six, eight ingredients, seven, eight, <laughs> eight ingredients, but simple, but simple. You, yeah. A teaspoon of this, a teaspoon of that. Come on. You, you know, come on. It's not complicated, folks. 
All right. I can. I, I actually did the instructions on a little paragraph that's going to go onto our right. little show notes. So I think you can handle it. Right, folks. right. I if we can put it, it into the show notes, it's easy. I will say this. If Matthew can do it, it's easy. Yeah. Yeah, Man. exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yes. okay. Yeah, I, you're right. I'm conflating... I'm conflating com- complexity with volume, right? But yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, I- I'm not. I just don't want. I just don't want to scare our listeners off on the syrup because it is really easy to make. I literally made it in like five minutes, and then yeah, then you had to wait for it to cool. But but an hour and five minutes, and it was done. You know, Matthew, there are only eight ingredients in your syrup, which is way less than the 364 birds that that weirdo is giving to that lady. In the 12 days of Christmas. <laughs> so it's not complex at all. This is super easy. Exactly. It's way easier than birds. That's right. It's way easier than <laughs> it's way easier than having a suitor with a bird problem. <laughs> or, or now you got birds with a suitor problem. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's right. Well, I'll, I'll tell you this though. She's not gonna go hungry, right? She's not gonna go hungry. No. <laughs> Or bored. Or bored. You know, she's she's got a mini orchard of pear trees, and I, you know, pear and bird <laughs> go together really, really well. <laughs> I hear partridge mm. and pear, wonderful meal. Uh, I think a gingerbread seventy five would go well with that too. <laughs> indeed, indeed. But would it be with lemon juice or lime juice or no? I don't know. Scott's going to let us no know. No juice at all. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I guess I guess we'll find out. Well, there you have it, folks. The Gingerbread Old Fashioned and the Gin Botanica. If you liked either of these cocktails enough to make them yourselves, or maybe you made something better, schedule an appointment with Scott, a professional photographer, to have him take photographs of your cocktails and send them to us on Instagram, the Twitter formerly known as Twitter, Threads, or Mastodon. We love to interact with you all, and it really helps the show. Oh yeah, I also usually say something about if you made something better, but there's no way you made something better this week unless, unless it's the Gingerbread 75. You know what else helps the show, Matthew? Leaving a positive review on Apple Podcasts. So go in there and say something nice about me and something funny about Ben. Give us five stars. That really helps the show. Also, tell somebody, tell a friend, tell somebody about our wonderful podcast that helps them get drunk. I did some research, folks, and we determined it does help the show. Oh, okay. Helps helps with our search rankings, apparently. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and if you do it on Spotify or other places, it also helps us there, too. So, you know, you know, spam all the places. And on that note... We will see you all next Monday when we will be drinking these very same cocktails while we talk about Shohei Otani and when he is going to sign with the team. And I hope by the time that you hear this, he's actually already done it because come on, man. Let's like get off the pot already. Okay, Shohei? Like stop stringing us all along. Who are you? Arson Judge? Let's go, buddy. Let's go. And until then, Matthew, cheers, my friend. Cheers, Ben. Bye, everybody. And a partridge. Oh, shit.
No, you said I couldn't sing anymore. You know what? You know what, Matthew? You know what? You know what? And a partridge in a pear tree. Uh, that's how it's going to be, huh? What are you going to do about it? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Giant Cocktails Podcast. Until next time, bottoms up. Oh, no, birds aren't real. That's a that's a thing. It, the birds are birds are a conspiracy. That's just a thing. No explanation needed. Just that birds aren't. The birds are a conspiracy. They're not a real thing. You can look it up on the Internet. Just go like after you're done listening to this show, folks. If you, look, those of you who know, you know, like you millennials and you Gen Zers who listen to us, you know what I'm talking about. Like, you know that Ben's in touch. Matthew doesn't know. But Ben's in touch. Birds aren't real. But for those of you who are listening to this and you like have no idea what Ben is talking about, just go into the Google and just type in, hey, you know what? The chat GPT would probably know this too. Just say, what does it mean that birds aren't real? And, and then you'll find out. There's even a TED talk about it. It's a whole thing, Matthew. It's a whole thing. Okay. Shoobidoobop. Shoobidoobop-ba-da-ba-ba-do-wa. Shoobidoo-doo-doo-doo. Ben doesn't know what he's doing. Shoobidoo-doo-doo-doo-wa.